Hey guys, welcome back to Can I Just Say Something? I'm Ashley Vu. I've been like rushing to get this podcast recorded because I go on a cruise with my parents. We're leaving tomorrow, actually. And if you watched, you listened to my first episode, <laughs> a lot of my stories sent around the last time I was on a cruise with my mom. So yeah, hoping this round goes better. Well, my dad's going to be coming and me and my sister have a separate room from them. So hopefully it will, you know, make things a lot better. He'll be there, her partner, there to ground her, bring her back to earth when she has her laser eyes blazing. Hi. So yeah, I will be editing this on the boat. That's why I'm rushing to get it done. So I don't have any weird gaps in between my episodes because I'm just starting and I really need the consistency. So yeah, I'm hoping to record this now, edit on the boat, and then hopefully I can post it at a cafe with Wi-Fi or something. I don't know, but I can edit it because obviously I don't need Wi-Fi to edit, so that's awesome. And today's episode I've been wanting to do for a while, but I didn't feel like talking about it. This was going to be my first episode, actually. It was going to be my very first one. But instead, I chose the Emotionally Unavailable Parents one because it just felt more relevant in my life at the time. So yeah, let me pull it up. I didn't even know what social anxiety was a year or two ago. I definitely thought it was the common misconceptions, which I'm about to describe. So I just feel like we should, I should bring up that. There are just so many misconceptions with social anxiety. People think that it's reserved for people that hate socializing or they're introverts and lose energy when they socialize or for people that just hate people or for people that are just naturally shy or are antisocial or awkward and they just don't know how to socialize. I mean, yeah, somebody shy and awkward, they're probably most more likely to have social anxiety, but that doesn't automatically mean that they have social anxiety when they say they don't want to go out or they just don't rather stay in. It doesn't mean that they have social anxiety. It could just be that they'd prefer not to. They just prefer to stay in because they don't get energy from socializing with people or they just don't know how to socialize and they just rather... They thrive better by themselves. But people like that, people always just think and label them as, oh, yeah, they, but no, that's not what social anxiety is. So what is social anxiety? In a simple five-word sentence, it's a fear of not being accepted by a person or a group of people. Why would it matter if when I think about these things, why would it matter if we get accepted socially by a group of people? Why would it trigger our anxiety? Our anxiety gets trig triggered because our body thinks that we are in danger. So this is when I do my handy, handy dandy thing where I think back to our ancestors. Why was it a life or death situation back then to not get socially accepted by a group of people? So I think when, you know, we were in clans or little group traveled and lived in little villages, little groups, if you didn't get accepted socially, then 
they you might have gotten left behind if you were not like everybody else if you were too different didn't fit in or if they thought your personality was like a threat to the group as a whole then you probably got left behind and you your life was in danger because you didn't have resources people and so it had to be some sort of life or death situation if it triggers our anxiety back then and then now today it's being socially accepted is not a life or death situation anymore so it's just like our regular instincts are just not adapting to our environment today i don't know i love thinking about ancestors and our ancestors and the way they lived and why we would have you know anxiety towards that fears towards that you know natural instincts and i always just like to challenge it question it and wonder why we are the way we are (laughs) it definitely gives me an understanding it helps i think it's i think it's really helpful to think that way because it gives you an understanding of why you are the way you are why you react that way sometimes because sometimes it's just like what the fuck like i'm it makes you feel more human and it gives you a lot more grace when you think about it that way and obviously it makes you understand yourself (laughs) so another misconception is that social anxiety is only present when you have to be socializing or interacting with people but that's not true. So when I looked up social anxiety, like the actual definition, I the, sim- the exact symptoms come up. Symptoms may include, it says from Google, symptoms may include excess fear of situations in which one may be judged, worry about embarrassment or humili- humiliation or concern about offending someone. So those are the symptoms. Back to what I was saying about you don't always have to be socializing with someone or interacting with them. It could literally mean you're walking past people on the street and you instantly have a fear that they are judging you by the way you look, by the way you might be talking if you're walking with somebody else, or a fear that they're judging you by the way you dress. Literally anything. It could be anything. Just fear of being judged. Or it could be, oh my gosh, I'm standing too close to the person in front of me in line. Which is the fear of offending someone symptom. Or I'm walking way too close to this person. They must think I'm following them around the grocery store because we keep grabbing for the same things and going to the same aisles, ironically. Stuff like that. That's all social anxiety. That's why for some people who have it's pretty severely it's really exhausting to be around strangers because your brain is always just firing on or focusing on what you could be doing wrong that might affect the people around you or just fear that you're inconveniencing someone all the time another way to describe it is um just an extreme hyper awareness of what is around you too i guess so my recent development of social anxiety was very recent in the past one to two years but i wasn't aware of it until about six months ago but before i didn't experience at all i was a naturally outgoing extroverted person 
I think it stemmed from when I worked a lot of retail in high school and college. I got a lot of energy and with my interactions and I just liked making people's days. And when I was working retail, I was really never concerned about if they thought it was weird or anything because they were they were conversing with me. They were laughing like we were having a good time. Like I knew that. Yeah, it just it wasn't a thing at all. I was just comfortable with talking to people and I just never really struggled in social environments at all. It was weird. It's weird now thinking back at it. And knowing that I have social anxiety, but it's weird reminiscing on when I didn't have it. So what happened was, I think COVID really made my social anxiety just a little bit worse. And then I had about a year, over a year ago, I had a really bad head injury and I couldn't tolerate environments. So it took me a while before I could go back into the real world, I guess. I don't know until I could go out and do things and be in noisy environments. For example, bars, movies, restaurants, grocery stores, etc. Basically public places. <laughs> so, plus COVID and and having to be isolated because of head injury definitely has caused m- like just major social anxiety but it took me a while to realize it so I didn't realize that that's what I was feeling until I got a gym membership last spring and honestly now that I'm thinking back about it I literally I think I realized that I had really bad social anxiety like six months ago honestly and I was so concerned about what people thought about me if I was inconveniencing them if I was in their way using the machine that they were using I literally remember the first thought that I had when I was like okay maybe that is social anxiety because me and my sister go to the side room with a bunch of mirrors I put my mat next to my sister to sit to work to do a workout next to her and I was just thinking to this lady to the left and I was so it's like, does she think that me and Alyssa are taking up too much space? I don't, I don't know. So I took out my headphones and I was just like to talk to her. And she was like, and I go, are, are we in, are we taking up too much space? And she goes, no. She goes, am I taking up too much space? I was like, no, you're fine. And so, yeah, that's, yeah. <laughs> and then when I was in the main areas of the gym like on a cardio machine or the weight room I just hated being fixated on period like when guys would stare at me when I'm doing something I I just wasn't I don't know why I just felt an extreme discomfort I was just worried that they were judging me for my form the amounts of weight I was using because I'm a small woman and I don't use a lot of weights at all but then my friend, I talked to them. They're like, oh my God, people are not paying attention to you at all. Like, and I still do it in my head. I challenge those thoughts and I still struggle with people thinking that I'm a weakling. <laughs> so stupid, I know. The other component of social anxiety is the fear of embarrassment. When I was at the gym and people would stare, guys would stare at me, 
or girls, guys or girls would stare at me, the fear of hyperfixation. The hyperfixation was scary because you were scared that if you were to trip or mess up something, then they would see it because you're getting hyperfixated on. But yeah, if people are looking at you every few minutes at the gym, you automatically feel hyperfixated on and <clears throat> the fear of embarrassing yourself will just always be there. Like sometimes I'm constantly in my head and I'm like, oh my God, he's looking this way right now. Don't trip. <laughs> Don't mess up. I'm just like anxious about... Ah, <sighs> uh, it's annoying. Or you know what? What I really hate using a machine for the first time and I can't figure out how to adjust it like that's embarrassing I don't want anybody to watch me while I'm trying to fail at figuring out how to adjust this stupid machine that's why like I call over my sister Alyssa I'm like Alyssa stand with me so I don't look like an idiot trying to figure this out by myself I don't know why it makes it better when someone else is standing there with you but it does so yeah every time I figure use a machine sometimes I'll be bold and just go for it if no one's around, but it's highly uncomfortable for me. But I realized, that's when I realized I talked to my sister and she goes, yeah, that is what social anxiety is. And I'm like, oh, okay, so I death have it now. And my sister Alyssa does struggle with social anxiety with it pretty badly. And the example that I gave in the beginning with the walking by people and thinking that they're judging you she would have that problem on campus when she was in college and she was just walking around campus she would just be hyper fixated on if people were judging her when she was walking by I was just thinking to myself like wow Alyssa that sounds really bad and it was my first time hearing a true example of somebody that struggles with social anxiety that has nothing to do with actual conversating or interaction and hearing that from her made me instantly feel really sad for her I had no idea that she was struggling with social anxiety that badly so even in social setting I was settings that was much different when being around new people I was very concerned about the way I would come off I didn't want to come off as too annoying too weird too loud because or I'm worried that I might say things that are like out of pocket. I don't know. But I just find myself thinking about what I'm going to say before I say it type of thing more often now. Which I never, ever, ever did before. But then after realizing and being able to label my... Being able to define my hyper-awareness as social anxiety, I was able to recognize when it happened and that I should be challenging those thoughts so I definitely try to self-talk and be like you're ridiculous no one's judging you but you can only self-talk so much so how I think the best way to I think you you do need self-talk both it's good yeah self-talk is a good thing too because you're recognizing those anxious intrusive thoughts and you're talking to yourself trying to shut them down tell your brain a logical reason as to why that intrusive thought is false and in doing so the more you do it it's creating more neuropathways for your brain and it will hopefully 
decrease the amount of intrusive thoughts that you get in those social situations. But I think you need some exposure therapy. Yes. So doing the things that make you uncomfortable. So what I mean is, just tell you about my experiences. So the gym was my only only place I went to was the main part of my life that was out and about and around other people, which was a really good thing that I did make a membership to the gym because my social anxiety would just continue to get worse and worse and worse. But because I was going, but because I was going somewhere every day where a bunch of people were at, just being in that environment was good for my exposure. But what I would do is me and my sister would just you do use the treadmills, you know, stair machine, just a cardio machine, and then go into this private room, side room that they have with a bunch of mirrors where we would just do some floor work and do our own thing. Going to the weight area or using machines just sound really intimidating to me because I like I mentioned before I didn't want people to be judging my form or how many weight how many weights I was using I was content for a while not using anything but then I wanted to start lifting again so when my best friend started coming with me she went to she would use the the machines with me so I asked her if we could do like some of these machines that I wanted to do or wanted to try. And because she was, you know, we were doing it together, it was a lot easier. Using like the assisted pull up machine is so intimidating because you're like high above everyone and it's not up against the wall. So I asked her to do that one with me while she was standing there. So I didn't didn't feel as intimidating. But then after that, the gym sessions after that, I was able to use all of those machines by myself. And it was scary at first, but the more I did it, the more I was used to it. And now I use all of the machines that I did with my friend first. We went into the weight area together. We were working out together a few sessions. And now I can do all of those things by myself. Um, I still have those thoughts creep up that oh my god they're judging me but I'm doing it I'm doing it despite still having those thoughts versus avoiding the weight area and the machines completely so my advice is it makes it so much better when you have somebody with you for the first phase of the exposure therapy and then you should be able to do those things alone and by yourself So about a year ago, I was in a partial hospitalization program. If you don't know what that is, it's basically a mental health hospital, but part-time. So I would go there for four hours out of the day, five days a week. I learned so much being there because a lot of it is group therapy. You're not in your specific age range. People from different backgrounds, different ages, genders, and it made me realize that People that do struggle mentally, most of them do struggle with social anxiety. A lot of the people that would share said that one person would share that they didn't like leaving the house for grocery shopping or to go to the gym or they're one or they might be hybrid for work and they hated going into the office and didn't like being around people. 
a lot of the group would agree with that statement and talking about that made me a lot more aware about how common it is for people to dread leaving the house because they don't want to be around just to even go to the damn grocery store where you don't even have to interact with somebody if you don't want to. But the thought of accidentally touching the same apple and being forced to interact with them is overwhelming. You end up just dread, dread, what? I'm reading off my notes right now. The thought of you touching the same apple as somebody at the grocery store makes you want to vomit and makes you not want to go at all. I get it. (laughs) I don't know if my intrusive thoughts are as bad as everybody else's, but... (laughs) That's what I think of. Alrighty. But like before I learned what social anxiety truly was, I thought it was like, yeah, I don't want to leave the house to go to a bar to hang out with my friends because you have to socialize with people. But people here in in this group therapy were dreading grocery shopping, which was mind blowing to me. But I also understood as well the people in this the specific people that were in this group therapy were struggle with just hyper awareness, which I mentioned earlier, of the people that are around them. I think I did do a grocery shopping example earlier with the, oh, I don't want anyone to think I'm following them around if we coincidentally are shopping for the same exact things. One of the therapists was just saying a basic Basic coping mechanism could be to just listen to music, listen to a podcast while you're grocery shopping. And most people don't even think to do those things. Like, it's such a simple answer. I've tried it when I'm grocery shopping by myself and it makes all the difference. I don't really pay attention to what's around me. I pay attention to what's around me less and focus on what I am doing more versus what's around me and everybody else. I grew up with three sisters, so shopping and doing things alone is new to me. So the music thing was helpful, but at school, when I had to do stuff alone, I would call my sisters or any of my family members to catch up while I was running errands or going into Target or something like that. And we just talked to her for like 30, 40 minutes while I was shopping. And that helps a lot if... You live somewhere, if you moved somewhere and you don't have a lot of friends, you could use that time to catch up with your people back home. And then you can use the music or the the, the podcast or whatever you're listening to as a training wheel to be able to grocery shop alone. And then maybe eventually you'll be able to go out, grocery shop, whatever, without your headphones. And that's just a great way to gradually build your tolerance to environments where there will be people. (laughs) I just talked about the gym, but the gym is a great place to challenge your social anxiety. So if you work from home and you barely leave the house, having a gym membership is might be a really good idea because it'll get you to leave the house on a regular basis and be around a crowded environment. And it's a great place to start because listening to music, doing whatever, is already normalized at the gym. Everybody is listening to music and is doing their own freaking thing and is not paying attention to you as much as you think because they're jamming to music and doing their own little thing. Also, if you go with other people, like a friend, and you're worried that they're going to listen to your conversations, no, everyone else is listening to music and 
probably can't hear you. So I don't know. Going to the gym is a great place to start for exposure. <laughs> Ugh, I feel like I talked about the gym a lot. Sorry. Obviously, because of COVID, everyone works from a lot of people work from home and have less social interaction. So you no longer have to make small talk with your work friends or your cubicle neighbor. So <laughs> we've been out of practice with stupid cubicle small talk. If it scares you going to places, don't avoid them. It will just make you more scared of people <laughs> and having to interact with them. And your social anxiety will probably get worse. Not probably, it will. <laughs> and you don't want to get to a point where it paralyzes you and chains you to the house. We are social creatures, naturally. And we need socialization to thrive for mental health and oxytocin. It, it really is gives you good hormones when you have successful social interactions. Dopamine. I talked about this in my other, my other episode. But yes, we need socialization to thrive. So it's super important if you have really bad social anxiety to work on yourself and challenge it. Looking up the actual definition of social anxiety brings up another conversation. If it's a fear of being accepted or or judged, I found, I don't know, I was challenging the thought and my generali- generalized anxiety is worrying that you're going to be late for work and on my way to work I'd be speeding, da, 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 trying to get there. That's generalized anxiety. But then... I was thinking about it and I was like, hmm, but I don't want to be late for work because I don't want to upset my boss. I don't want people to think I'm lazy. And so then I was thinking if it involves the way other people perceive me, isn't that could be deemed social anxiety too? When I thought of that, my mind was blown. I was just like, Okay, if that's the case, then a lot of things that were once generalized anxiety could now be considered social anxiety as well. When I had this realization, I was then imagining a Venn diagram of (laughs) anxious events, I guess, and then the mutually exclusive side, and then the non-mutually exclusive side. So the non-mutually exclusive sides, if you don't know what I'm what I'm talking about is the where the two circles of the Venn diagram overlap each other. So the mutually exclusives are the left and the right side of the circles. And then in the middle is the non-mutually exclusives. If you didn't know, that's okay. I didn't either. And I had to look it up. So, but I need the right terminology to get my point across. Ugh. Okay. I'm clapping my hands again. Let's freaking stop that. Alrighty. But let's go over that example again, being late for work. So I think rushing, rushing to eat breakfast, rushing to drive there is the generalized anxiety. And then once you get there and you have to interact, face the interaction between you and your boss and your fear of when you arrive and your your fear of what your boss is thinking about you when you arrive because you're late, that is the socially anxious part, I guess. I don't know. I'm just analyzing and questioning things. So I'm not saying that I'm right, but it's just giving you guys something to think about. And another example might be the fear of being perceived differently than the way I would like to be perceived is what my friend had said. 
when I asked her about social anxiety and that's what she said and I don't know if that's considered social anxiety or if that would be just regular generalized anxiety. It could be in the non-mutually exclusive overlapping part of the circle, but I don't know. What do you guys think? <laughs> Leave a comment. I'd love to hear what you have to say. <laughs> okay. I mean, thinking about it, it's not an it's not a worry about embarrassment or humiliation or the concern of offending someone or fear of being judged. I think it's just more fear of you want to be perceived in a certain way and not another way. So I think that I'll have to go with generalized anxiety, I guess. <laughs> I don't know. But it's an interesting thing to think about for sure. At least for me. I don't know. I like to question everything. If you don't like to question everything and you're listening to this, then goodbye. <laughs> don't listen to this <laughs> but i'm just worried that you guys think i sound stupid questioning things you're like for what reason if you think it's stupid that i question everything then you don't have to listen to this okay guys thanks for listening um i apologize about the gap in between my last episode yeah i said that i was gonna edit on the cruise but that just did, really didn't happen <laughs> i ended up not finishing the recording before I left and then I was just like okay well and then all of my my sisters were like Ashley it's vacation why are you gonna try to do that I was like fine and I didn't have room in my duffel anyway so I left everything at home but there's a gap between my first and second episode because I went to Maine in September and then there is another gap between my last episode and this episode because we were on a cruise we took our vacations during the fall instead of the summer this year but I promise after this, it will be consistent. So please keep checking back weekly to see the next episode that I post. I really would like to be consistent to keep the momentum going since I'm still a new creator. But thank you guys for listening. Um, leave a comment on this podcast if you liked it. If you have something to add to the conversation, I would really love to hear from you guys because I have no idea what you guys think. <laughs> I don't think anyone's left a comment yet, but that's okay. I'll just keep doing me and find confidence within myself. Or you can DM me at C-I-J-S-S podcast on Instagram. Thank you guys for listening. I'll see you next week. Bye.